This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper rashes, we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c the verbalizing is important for them to hear with repetition, but it's also really for us to control our emotions, to maybe relax a little bit, because I don't know if you've been there, but sometimes just say you're having a really hard day, sometimes just talking to yourself like, okay, Amy, you got this, like you can do it. Like, and just really talking yourself down and verbalizing with yourself can calm you down. So I like to use the example of let's use verbalization as sure, this is going to be for them to know that we see them and that we are really okay with their feelings, but also that it's really going to be a way that we can use as a tool to calm ourselves down in a situation that's getting escalated. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This podcast continues to grow because of you and your reviews. So thank you for tuning in and being here today. On this episode of Monday Mornings with Dr. Mona, I am talking with a parent named Amy about her daughter who's 27 months old. And Amy is wondering why verbalizing her child's feelings during tantrums and meltdowns is not exactly working as she expected. Make sure you listen to the entire conversation as we talk about the purpose of verbalization, some of the mistakes I feel parents make when they're using verbalization, which is an important tool and how to approach these moments with our children using verbalization and other tips as well. Hey, Amy, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. So tell me, what is on your mind today as a mom? Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, yeah, so what we've been dealing with, my daughter is 27 months, so she's definitely in that phase of testing boundaries and wanting mm-hmm. control. And so, yeah, we're kind of in the thick of it. My husband and I have kind of been on the same page that the parenting approach that we want to take is more verbalization, a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, not so much on like the consequences or timeouts or things like that. Um, but what we are finding challenging is when the verbalization doesn't necessarily work or have like immediate effect where, yeah, we're just kind of in, in the thick of it of verbalizing that, you know, for okaying her feelings, but Mm -hmm. the tantrum continues. Love it. Okay. This is really an important concept. And we'll talk about the reason we verbalize. And I think the misconceptions a lot of parents have around verbalization, which you're not alone. I think a lot of parents share. So I guess my first question is what has been the most frustrating or hardest aspect of this issue? Do you feel like you expect the verbalization to not ensue in a tantrum? Do you feel like the verbalization should be working quicker? What would you say has been, I guess, the most um, hardest aspect of all of this? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely both of those is mm-hmm. um, maybe we're looking for like instant gratification. Yes. Maybe the first or second time it won't work, but like, okay, if we're consistent 
we should be seeing her ending the tantrum or once I give a choice, like she will pick and then we move on, you know, to the next gotcha. part. But it's kind of just continuing. And then we're like, okay, we're kind of second guessing ourselves. Is this working? Are we doing this right? Should we be trying a different approach? And so then we kind of waver and then we negotiate. And yeah, so we're just kind of finding it, um, you know, and I understand it's parenting and there's not like a manual, but um, yeah, we're just kind of at a, at a loss as to like, mm-hmm. you know, are we approaching this correctly? Well, hopefully by the end of this episode, I will guide you in understanding you're not at a loss and that you're doing things okay. And maybe we need to reframe how we're approaching our expectations around verbalization, you know, right. and I'll talk about that because I think an example would be really helpful here. Maybe an example of the last time you used verbalization that you felt like it didn't go as you expected and the scenario and what maybe you exactly said, like if you can just bring me back to that moment and like I'm a fly on the wall on what you said, how often you said it um, and what she did. Your daughter's 27 months, right? Yes. Yes. So what she did during the verbalization and then what you did after, just take me into that moment so we all can be there together. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So what happens kind of on a daily basis is, you know, we get ready for nighttime and we have our whole nighttime routine. And of course, part of that is changing into our pajamas for the night. And so mm-hmm. every night we kind of go through the same song and dance. She doesn't want to change. She wants to keep on the clothes that she wore that day. And so we're, we, you know, talk her through that. So she'll you know say, no, don't want to change. want to keep mm-hmm. this on. We will say, we understand that you want to keep your clothes on. You had a lot of yes. fun today, but your clothes are now dirty and you need to take those clothes off and we need to put your pajamas on. And then we will offer a choice of what she wants to wear. So she's in a Minnie Mouse space. So we say, do you want to wear the pink Minnie Mouse pajamas or the gray Minnie Mouse pajamas? And she will kind of get a little quiet while we're talking her through that. Like, what, mm-hmm. what option do you want? And then she'll not pick and she'll just say, want to keep it on, want to keep it on. And then we ask again, or maybe I throw in a different choice. And then it's kind of the same thing. She just keeps saying, don't want to change, want to keep this on type of thing until we somehow convince her otherwise. And so has it ever ensued or has it ever happened where she's just started having a tantrum, like crying? Yeah, absolutely. Like probably 90% of the time where she Mm -hmm. just flails her body back and and does the whole... Oh, we've been there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Listen, you, I mean, obviously you're in the prime of it, right? 27 months. I think every parent can agree that, I mean, people say, oh, three is hard. Mm -hmm. Um, You're in, you know, 27 months is a really hard time because they obviously have cognitive development to understand things, but they don't Mm -hmm. truly understand full reasoning skills, right? Like you could explain to her why we need to change the clothes, which is what you said beautifully. Like, okay, we have to change it because it's from your daytime. It's a little dirty or you spilled something on it, but that doesn't really register so much with the toddler because they don't have the frontal cortex and the developmental understanding Mm -hmm. to know, okay, there's a reason, right? So right. you did it. You did a really good thing. What happens when she does start to cry? Do you start verbalizing again the crying portion? Like, what do you do and what do you say during the crying tantrum moment? Yeah, I mean, I think we're sometimes inconsistent with our approach mm-hmm. there. Um, sometimes we'll be like, we understand that you're upset. You don't want to take your clothes off, so we verbalize everything and give the options again. Yes. Other times we're probably exhausted at the end of the day and I'll just like, pick her up and like I'm so sorry like I know mm-hmm. and you know I kind of want to stop the crying as soon as possible and so mm-hmm. maybe we're not being as consistent but yeah occasionally we will just re-verbalize and occasionally we'll distract her with something else like the tv or like, what's on the tv or like, what's over here 
Right. So you kind of just yeah. trying to move through the motions of what you did. Yeah. Now, now, is there a TV in the room or you're changing her in like another room? Um, there is a TV. I mean, we live in New York City, so our, our oh yes, is, is yes, very small. small. Gotcha, so, gotcha. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. So if we're like yeah. in the like the TV is just like right around the corner. Yes, yes, from yes. Her I gotcha. Yes, she can hear it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. Like, oh, you oh, oh I, I lived yeah. in New York. Yes, the excitement of having a child in a one bedroom apartment. Oh, yeah. I hear you. I've, I've, yeah. I didn't have children in New York City, but I've been I've lived there obviously, so I get it. Um, okay, this is really good information, and I love having these conversations on these Monday episodes because I like to hear the stage, like set the stage. What are we dealing with so that I can kind of figure out, okay, here's where we need to go from here. So I first want to talk about our expectations around verbalization. And this mm-hmm. is going to be useful for you and your partner to know and register, but also for everyone listening, the concept of verbalization. So verbalizing feelings is verbalizing our child's emotions in that moment so that they feel seen so that with time, they understand that we are on a team together, right? That Mm -hmm. mommy and daddy or mommy and mommy or whoever there is, we understand that there is a feeling happening here, that they don't like something that's happening and that you're seeing that, okay, I see that you're upset, right? Like it's usually verbalizing should start with something like I see you, right? Like I see that you are frustrated. I see that you do not want to wear the pajamas. I see that you really like your clothes from the day. I see that you, you know, you're basically, that's how verbalization should go. Um, And you're, you want your child to kind of know that I see what you're feeling, right? Okay. So that's verbalization that I'm seeing what you're feeling. The expectation management we have to have is that the verbalization in itself is not going to stop the tantrum, right? The verbalization is a part of managing these emotions and redirecting them and managing the meltdown, right? So it's mm-hmm. seeing their feeling is part of it, right? So holding the boundary is another part of the discipline moment of a tantrum or a meltdown, right? Okay. So you're seeing the feeling, oh, I'm really sorry that you, you know, I see that you really do not want to wear your pajamas. You really loved your clothes. What do you want to wear tomorrow? Do you want to pick that out now? Um, And then you can even talk to them about tomorrow, right? Like what do they get to wear tomorrow? Kind of planting the seed that I see what you're feeling and maybe she's really happy and she really loved her dress or, you know, pants from the day and saying, what do you want to wear tomorrow? And kind of putting that in there. But then also it's then moving on to the next step of, really holding the boundary. And the boundary, it sounds like in this situation is that it's time to wear pajamas, right? We got to go to bed to wear pajamas. Right. Now, some families may say that's not a boundary that's important to me. Like, I don't care if the child stays in their regular clothes, but we are using this as an example of this is a boundary that's important to you guys. And I agree, that's fine. So now you are verbalizing the feeling that I see that you don't want it, but now we are going to also hold the boundary, which is what you guys are doing. So you want to say, Hey, I see that you really don't want to wear pajamas and you really like your outfit, but we have to put pajamas on. And then you're giving her the two options that you did, which I think is beautiful. Now, the thing about verbalization is that it also matters how we deliver the verbalization. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give some examples. So tone really matters. And also, if you're finding that the verbalization is just making the child extremely agitated. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever been in this moment with her where you're, you're trying to verbalize. I see, I see. And she's literally just screaming on the top of her lungs. Okay. So let's talk about what we do in those two situations. The first one being the tone of voice that you use when you're Mm -hmm. verbalizing, which I think is actually really important. And that is the inflection that we use. That is the emotion that we're bringing behind the verbalizing. I'll explain that. And then also what's happening when, you know, she's screaming on the top of the lungs and she can't hear you. Right. Because when they're screaming at the top of their lungs, verbalizing 
is really truly more for us than it is for them. And I'm going to be honest, I think for younger children, the verbalizing is important for them to hear with repetition, but it's also really for us to control our emotions, to maybe relax right. a little bit, because I don't know yeah. if you've been there, but sometimes just say you're having a really hard day, sometimes just talking to yourself, like, okay, Amy, you got this, like you can do it. Like, and just really talking yourself down and verbalizing with yourself can calm you down. So I like to use the example of let's use verbalization as sure. This is going to be for them to know that we see them and that we are really okay with their feelings, but also Mm -hmm. that it's really going to be a way that we can use as a tool to calm ourselves down in a situation that's getting escalated, right? That the child is starting to thrash themselves backwards or getting really upset. So talking about tone of voice, we want to really avoid, oh, this is really hard, but we want to avoid the rise. So I'm going to use an example of verbalizing, okay? okay. Um, so uh, with the example that you gave, oh, I know you don't want to put your pajamas on, but we really need to put them on. It's very important. We have to go to bed. Bed's very important. Okay, that's one example. You can feel that I'm stressed. Like yeah. I, that yeah. I, there's definitely some tension there that I'm saying the same words, but listen to this version, same thing. I can see that you really do not want your pajamas and you really want to wear your clothes from the day, but we have to put our pajamas on. We have to go to bed and part of going to bed is putting on our pajamas. I see that you're really upset. So the difference here is the same words, but with different tone of voice. Mm-hmm. And I want to be very clear on tone of voice because it's really easy for us as parents when we're tired, especially during bedtime at the end of the day, for the verbalizing to come out with the tone of let's move this along Absolutely. and I'm frustrated. Yeah. Because it is frustrating. I'm not going to deny it that it's extremely hard when you're trying to just get to the bedtime so that maybe yep. you can sleep and your yeah. child is just not cooperating. But as part of being a very conscious parent is really saying, okay, I'm going to really be very aware of this feeling in this moment that this is very hard for me. And sometimes it's going to be taking a breath before you even start that verbalizing and just okay. going, I see that you're really upset right now. And I feel that you really want to wear your clothes from the day, but we have to put our pajamas on. And you're taking that moment to really center yourself. So the verbalization is coming from a place that there's no rise. There's no tone issue there, right? Like, and I'm sure you all can kind of think about times where your tone is going to a level of, I may be saying the right thing, but my body language and my tone is coming off different than what I'm saying with my words. As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood explains.
Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess meals. Chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with Factor Meals because they're ready in two minutes, no shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious Factor Meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 and use code peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code peedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. And that is really common. So much of verbalization, I'm putting that in quotes, is nonverbal. Okay. It sounds weird because I just said verbalization, but so much of it is body language. So much of it is how is my body acting with you when you're showing signs of being in a tantrum and Mm -hmm. using the example of when your daughter starts to scream on the top of the lungs, I would verbalize once at that point again and say, I see Sarah, right? Her name. I see, I see that you're really frustrated and I'm going to give you a moment. I'm right here, right? You're giving her a moment or you can give her a big hug if she lets you give a hug or if it means that you have to help her get the pajamas on that night, right? Yeah. To move things along. You can do that in a very loving way of, I see that you're really upset, but mommy's going to use her body to help you put your pajamas on and I'm going to help you, right? And your verbal, that's part of verbalization, right? So you're saying it once and then you can move through what you need to do rather than sitting and waiting for her to do it. But you want to be very kind with the motion, right? You're not pinning her down. You're not yeah. being forceful. You're just being very matter of fact. Like, right. hey, I see that you're really upset. Mommy's going to okay. help you tonight. Move this. And if it's to a point where you want to give her space because she's just completely dysregulated. Like yeah. I've been in these moments when out of the blue. It's like, why are you so dysregulated? Sometimes it means sitting on the ground with her or just say you've already put her in the crib. You're just giving an example if they're upset and just sitting or standing with them in silence. Meaning that is part of okaying the feeling too, right? That you are not scared of their feelings. Mm-hmm. You are not going to run away from their feelings. You're not going to leave them alone when they're having these big feelings. You are literally just going to stand there and say, I know you're really upset right now. I see that you're really upset. If you need a moment, I'm here. And I'm going to take some deep breaths. And if you want to take deep breaths with mommy, you can take deep breaths. It doesn't mean that they're going to take the deep breaths. But what we're doing in these moments is huge for me in that we are modeling the behavior that we want them to model when they're dysregulated, right? That the more you keep doing this, the more that you avoid the rise when they're getting upset, the more Mm -hmm. that you model relaxing your body and also taking breaths. And they're going to see with time that, hey, every time I get upset, my caregiver had two options. They could either join me in my chaos and get really upset too, or they can just take a moment. They see that I'm feeling a little upset, but they also just paused and took some deep breaths. And maybe that's something that I'll learn to do eventually. Like it's the modeling and it's repetition. And that goes back to the misconceptions that I was going to mention in that sometimes we feel like the verbalization is going to 
ended. No, the verbalization yeah. is part of the process. It's part of them feeling seen. And the more they feel seen, and I, I'm not going to give a number, right? It's not like 10 times you do this. And then the no. 11th time, because toddlers brains don't work that way. It's not like we do it and it stays forever. But I can tell you that the more that you do this as a parent of a 27 month old, mm-hmm. that you're verbalizing. So you're okaying the feeling you're giving her space if she needs it relaxing your body, your breath is getting relaxed. And sometimes it means taking an obvious breath. I'm feeling really upset right now too. I'm going to take a deep breath. Oh, that made mommy feel better. She may be screaming and crying while you do that, right? But you are going to continue to say, I feel really upset. I'm going to do it one more time. And then you'd give her some space, meaning just some, don't fill the space with any words. And then after a little bit, you can say again, I see that you're really upset. I think sometimes what we want to do so much in verbalization is continue to fill the space with verbalization. Yeah. And that isn't the goal. That's actually, imagine me and you, and Amy, you're very upset right now. Like just say you tell me this like, story that happened to you at work or something. And I keep saying, oh, Amy, I see that you're really upset. I see that you're really upset. I'm here for you. I know that you really are not happy about your job. And sometimes you're like, whoa, Mona, like just, can I just like, like feel a little bit? Like sometimes. Right, right. One verbalization piece is all we need. And then we have to, and then we have to just sit with the uncomfortable feeling of the crying or the tantrum and just say, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I'll give you a moment. I'll give you a moment. And if you do not have the moment, let's use an example of you needing to leave the house to put on shoes and go to school. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like preschool. That's a moment that I gave the example of, I see that you're really upset right now, but we have to move to get to school. And I'm going to help you by putting your shoes on and I love you and I'm going to help you. And that's when you can start to do more of the distraction that you did. Right. You can start to sing songs. You can start to use humor because you recognize the feeling, but you also need to move on with your day. So that's kind of the way that we balance that. Right. Um, Because I get it. Sometimes we don't have 50, 40 minutes for mm-hmm. them to like have the feeling and then da, da, yeah. da. But, but it is important to kind of utilize these skills so that we are understanding that verbalization, the tool in verbalization is that we are with repetition, making sure that they're seen, that we recognize their feelings as valid feelings. But some of that can be done by just sitting in the same room with your child without even saying a word. Some of that can be done with just the tone that we use and not even just the amount of words that we're using to fill the space. You know, sometimes, like I said, I think we do try to fill a lot Mm -hmm. of it. And I think I made that mistake too with Ryan. I would try because maybe a lot of this happens when they're not as verbal, like, you know, just say there's talking, but not as, you know, verbose as like a three-year-old. When he was younger, I would try to fill the space with so much verbalization. And I'm like, this isn't going anywhere because he's not listening to all of that verbalization. So like I said, one is enough pausing, doing it again. But a lot of it is used for us as well to say, okay, I'm going to use this tone. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to verbalize because sometimes verbalization helps us through that moment, right? That calming of like, okay, I see that you're really upset. I'm upset too. I know that it's really hard. You really want to wear your outfit. And it's just that calming presence that it can give us. And if it's not giving you that, then we have to say, okay, I'm going to just be quiet. I'm going to relax my body. I'm going to take that deep breath and I'm going to model this and I'm going to give her a moment. And then I'm going to come when I'm feeling regulated as an adult that I'm going to start verbalizing again. But again, just quick verbalization. I see that you're really upset. I see that you wanted to wear your outfit and you don't want to wear pajamas. I get it. It's bedtime. Like then you move on with what you need to do. Right. It's right. It can, you can fall into the trap of trying to explain so much when yeah. I encourage families not to try to explain 
When they're upset, try not to explain so much of the why, because like I said already, the toddler brain doesn't know so much of processing whys. But I think it's reasonable to do that when they're calm. But when they're upset, their active part of the brain right now is not registering logic, right? It's only registering emotion. So we have to meet their emotional dysregulation with emotion, right? Like, I see that you're upset. So rather than, oh, I see that you're upset, but we got to put the pajamas on because it's what we need to do because then that's just, it's not going to really register with them. And then you're just filling the space. Like I said. Right. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And would you say that these tips already are things that maybe you could add, or maybe you're like, oh yeah, we could have done that a little different or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head with like my own tone and body language because it's true yeah after an exhausting day like you're just like can we go to bed so I can have you know my time to finish work or do do whatever I need to do and so the tone that I take a lot of the time is okay let's you know I I hear you're upset but we got to change right so Mm -hmm. yeah kind of taking that minute to pause check my own tone and and, Mm -hmm. you know kind of model the behavior that I, I want for her I think yeah a lot of the times I just got worked up and frustrated and that probably you know shows to her yeah and it's really hard but with practice you're going to see with time the benefits and I I always say I don't want parents to ever think that anything we do with behavior discipline whatever you want to call it that it's going to be you do it once and it changes their life forever right right? because because it is a game of repetition it is a game of consistency like you said and sometimes you're going to have a moment where you're a little more rushed or a little more that rise is going to come and that's okay that's we're human but it's really like that most of the time right like that 80 percent of the time that you're saying okay here's what we're going to do and it's all about also internally looking at your level of dysregulation too at that moment, because I can't stress enough how often that can actually affect that moment, right? Because when our kids are upset, it's so easy for us to feel stressed and flustered because it's human nature, right? We look at a kid crying as a threat, right? Like this is something's in distress, something's bad, something's in danger. And that's a human response to someone crying and upset. But then we also have to say, well, no, I'm in control of my brain. I'm going to tell my brain that we are safe, that my kid is safe, my kid's not hurt, and that I am going to be this leader of my house, that we're going to do this and that we're going to get to bedtime. And I've been there. I know how hard it is, especially when they're just like, screaming in your face. And it's, I, I kind of go the opposite that when they're screaming louder, I get much mm-hmm. lower. You want to, when they're getting loud, remember you want to get much more calm. You want to okay. really almost, and that may mean not saying anything, right? Mm-hmm. Because that is the opposite of what we think we should do. When someone's yelling, we want to, okay, okay, okay. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Or maybe our voice goes higher, but what right. we're trying to do is really calm them down. But this verbalization is part of that big picture, right? This I don't want us to stop verbalizing. I think verbalizing is a huge benefit. And like I said, I think with time, they do understand that, oh yeah, my parent is present and okay, you know, understands my feelings. And Mm -hmm. this is such an important thing, but I don't want us to ever think that it's going to be the changing point in a tantrum or in a discipline moment that you're going to verbalize. And they're going to be like, oh yes, I got to put my pajamas on. That's not how the toddler brain works. They're going to be very much like, okay. And then with time and repetition, they're going to get it. Right, right. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think the other thing that you said that really resonated is actually like having to go through with the action, even when they're kind of having the tantrum. That's a part I always struggle with because I feel like I'm like torturing her by her screams if I'm like actively trying to change her while she is protesting it. But sometimes yeah. we just need to do it. Yes. Um, so that's helpful to think about in the sense of like if we really need to move on and I've got to change her to kind of verbalize 
more kind of talk through, you know, that, that I love you and, and all of that while yeah. doing it gentle as a fashion as possible. And I get where that comes from because of course we're trying to be okay with their feeling, but then, so we're not trying to force them into anything or we want to yeah. give them that control and that power of feeling, but there's a balance there. And I, I think I've spoken on another episode about this, that I recognize that sometimes needs, things need to happen. And we, in an ideal world, yes, we would wait until they do it on their own volition, right. yeah. but but remember, there's a physical balance of how we're doing that, right? We're being very kind with our gestures and how we're holding our child, right? And so when Ryan has gone through these moments, you know, mm-hmm. I like if we have, I, I'm going to use example of trying to get shoes on to get out of the house. Okay. You know, what I mentioned earlier, you know, he'll be upset. He's like, I don't want to go. And I'm like, I see that you really don't want to go. And mommy's just going to help you. And I'm going to put your shoe on and you have big dinosaur feet. And I'll make a little joke about it. And he'll okay. still, he'll, he'll kind of half cry, half laugh, right? Yeah. And I'll be like, and I'll be like, I love you so much. And I see that you really don't want it, but then we'll just, we'll move on. Right. It's, we have to move on in life. But if I waited for 40 minutes for him to come around or when he decides that's not always going to happen, like sometimes it will, right. Like, but it's a reality. I I recognize that as a parent that sometimes we got to just move through, but the moving through doesn't have to be harsh, right. The moving through doesn't mean that you're like, come on, like get over it. No, we're not saying that we're saying I see that you really want this, but listen, my mommy's going to help you and I'm going to give you a big hug. I'm going to, and then, you know, give them a big bear hug while you're trying to put the pajama bottoms on or the pajama yeah. top on, you know, and, and smooch their cheeks a little bit, you know, like show them love and that you are not, again, the fact that you are not joining her tantrum or joining mm-hmm. the chaos is huge for them to see. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, You'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell?, laughing in the face of motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're aiming more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. I feel like this is like one of my biggest parenting hack. Like people ask like, what is being calm when your child is upset is probably one of the biggest gifts we can give them because that is something that with time they learn to model. And then they also is a way of okaying the feeling, right? Because you didn't get upset with them. You didn't get irate. You didn't leave the room. You didn't do anything. You were like, 
I see that you're upset. I'm here. We're going to move along. I love you. I'm still going to give you kisses. It's yeah. okay that you're upset. Like that is part of okaying the feeling. And that's nonverbal, okay. right? That's right. hugs and kisses and love. And right. um, that's part of the okaying of that whole emotional experience they go through when they don't get what they want, because that's going to be the reality, right? They're not always going to get what we they want, but we have to move through the boundaries. Like I said, we got to move through the events of the night or the day, whatever we need to do. And it is a point of getting them calm and not dysregulated, you know, especially at this age. I don't like when a kid like Ryan one time was so dysregulated at bedtime, like he would, mm-hmm. he was crying and I'm like, well, I'm not going to be leaving until he calms down. Right. Like yeah. at this age, I don't want a kid to be dysregulated at bedtime. And I just, I'm going to leave the room in dysregulation. Right. No, right. so I, exactly. I like to, I had to get to a point where that meant that in my head, what I had to tell myself was Mona, I know you really like your alone time. I know yeah. the next two hours mean a lot to you, but we need to stay calm. We really need to get through this moment so that we can put him down, that he's safe and that you'll get, you'll get maybe an hour or an hour and a half. Maybe it's going to be shorter than what you normally got, but this is important for the family, right? This is important for this moment that we get through this moment and put you to sleep in a non-dysregulated way. Right. Yeah. Um, and it, it took a while. I mean, this was like a fluke event where I was like, why is he so upset? And it took me just doing what I mentioned to you, like really just sometimes I just stood there by his crib and he cried and he was really upset and he's like just gibberish and he knows how to mm-hmm. speak and he was just gibberish. And I literally just said, Hey, I'm here. If you want a hug, I'm here. If you want a hug. And he like, he'd be like, no hug. And then I just stood there and I just stared at him. And I just didn't even say anything. And then finally he's like, mommy, hug. And then he gave me a hug and he had ended, it ended. And he fell yeah. asleep. And then he's like, mommy, I go to bed. I was like, what happened? But, it's, <laughs> but a lot of it is just them part. realizing that you're not scared of them. Like you're there with them, that these big feelings don't bother you as much as I know they do. I'm not ever going to yeah. discount the fact that, oh my gosh, when they're crying and you're like, wow, like it's very hard for us to hear as parents. And I, I will always say that I'm first to admit that my gosh, like as any mother or parent would agree that it's very hard hearing them be upset, even if it's for the most trivial of things like yeah. pajamas. Yep. I get it. Is there anything else, any other question about the scenario or the tips that I gave you that you wanted to clarify? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think all of that is helpful. I think, you know, definitely looking at my own behavior is important. I think the other kind of thing that you just mentioned too was like, yeah, sometimes it will bite into like what I, you know, consider like my alone time. And like, I'm a kind of scheduled person. So yes. like, as I see the clock and it's approaching eight and we're not, you know, ready for bed yet because you can't get her pajamas on or whatever. She's fighting bedtime that I get more stressed um, yes. as I see that. And so maybe like talking through, I think you kind of did touch on this too. Like, you know, what do you do in those moments where you're feeling the stress or the pressure? And that's kind of, you know, then reflecting on them and you're like, okay, can, can we hurry up? Like, you know, I, what else can we do to kind of shuffle things along or move things along with them to get to whatever the next activity or to bedtime or whatever? Oh, yeah. And that's why I love having these conversations because on these Monday episodes, because it's not just so much about, okay, here's what you do when your child's disciplined verbalizing. It's the feeling, right? It's the yeah. feeling of when it doesn't work or when you're like, dang, why aren't you listening to me? And <laughs> it is like, I like to be honest that yes. I think most people listening to this episode right now will say a lot of the reason why bedtime can be so stressful is the long day being prolonged for a bedtime. And then also the time it cuts into our very precious alone time that everyone can agree that is very hard to come by, especially, I don't care what you're doing, but working mom, stay at home mom, whatever it is like, oh my gosh, but we have to, and I go back to that, that we have to recognize that this is the mindful moment that we're in, right? There's the child needs to be put to bed. And we're the only one doing it, right? Unless you have a parent that's going to tag team with you that night and or you take turns. Um, I usually advise 
what I usually say is like, we want, if it's that, like, for example, me and my husband, I do bedtime when my husband's working, but when my husband's mm-hmm. home, he does bedtime and it's him. So I do the bath. He does the bed. There's no mommy coming in, daddy coming in. We actually oh, separate yeah. it so that it's very consistent. And so Ryan understands that when dad's here, dad's doing bedtime. When mommy's here, mommy's doing bedtime. But there's no like, okay, now I want mommy. Okay, yeah, no, now I want all daddy. Back and forth. All of yeah. that back and mm-hmm. forth. We're very consistent with that, right? So Got that it. now when my husband's at work or if he's on a vacation, it's like, daddy's not here. It's mommy's turn. And then back and forth like that. And he knows. And And that is really helpful too. that consistency. Like I said, it can be, you know, that big sort of like, okay, well now I don't have the time and this and that. And it's really a matter of me saying, this is my son. Like I have to put him to bed. Like I'm the only one. And the best way this is going to happen is if I control my reaction, like, right. I can't like there has been not this scenario, but there's been so many bedtime struggles of like he's still in the crib. So jumping in the crib, um, yeah. playing games with me, like I, you know, I'll say, where do you want to be tucked? And he'll point to like the wall. Like I want to yeah. be tucked yeah. on the wall. I'm like, well, <laughs> and I'll say part of verbalization is, well, we can't t- be tucked on the wall. Where do you want to be tucked? Like I literally will just say it like that, like verbalize it and just mm-hmm. repeat it in a very matter of fact, calm way of, okay. oh, well, we can't do that. Where do you want to be tucked? And and it could be a broken record, like five, six times in that, that scenario that I'm saying, okay, where do you want to go? Where I'm going to tuck you. Mommy's going to leave soon. Where do you want to be tucked? Where do you want to be tucked? And I literally will just take a moment and sometimes he'll jump in the crib and just, and I'll stare at him and I'll just say, I'm waiting. And I'll just say, I'll just stand there and I'm waiting. And then he'll lay down. And it's that reaction, right? It's the, we do not want to say, oh, Sweetie, come on, put on your pajamas. Right? Yeah. That is what they want. They want they the want rise. The they want the reaction. Yeah. So if we did that, you're going to be in there longer, right? So that's why yeah. I'm saying also that the more you can tell yourself, okay, if I stay calm in this moment, I will get to my alone time. It's going to be glorious. It might be shorter than I expected. That's okay. But I also know that my child will feel loved. My child will get yeah. what they needed. And I got to be the one to do this, right? My partner may not be here or if they yeah. are, it's not their turn. And this is what needs to happen. And that is hard to do, right? Because we go back to the, what do I need as a parent? And I'm not saying that we all love our alone time, but the kid needs to be put to bed, right? And yeah. so that's part of being just a very mindful, conscious parent is that we got to do it. And that's verbalizing too, that you can tell yourself when you take that deep breath, okay, I got this. I'm a rock star parent. I'm going to do this. I'm going to put my kid to bed and then I'm going to go. And we're going to have a great evening, but tell pep yourself up in that moment that you need it, right? Maybe right. it's when you're about to walk into the room and bedtime is a struggle every night with y'all with the pajama games, right? Pep talk yourself during bath time or whenever it is and mentally tell yourself, I got this. We're going to do this. We can handle it. And I'm capable because that may help that energy of what I'm saying with all the nonverbal communication, the the way we relax our body and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think that's, that's super helpful. Yeah. I think it's definitely looking at myself and how I respond and not giving into the short game, which I think happens more often than I would like because you're just like okay whatever you need to just get to bed and make you happy and then we go through the whole back and forth of negotiating and things like that instead of just staying consistent and and knowing that over time like it will be the benefit yeah and I mean I could do a whole different episode on bedtime battles because this kind of goes into bedtime battles it is yeah yeah. we talked about it sure um but like the whole like now I want water now I need a hug now I need this I mean that is a whole different conversation which I but this is part of it, right? It's, we talked about that, like with the verbalizing, with being very yeah. consistent on what is the boundary going to be in this situation, right? For you, yeah. it's 
she has to put her pajamas on, right? Which I respect and I agree with. Like we also do pajamas in our family. And so it's definitely about that consistency. And I think you're going to see the changes with the consistency on how you're approaching, but also when you start talking to yourself more and verbalizing mm-hmm. with yourself more on right. what we need to do to get through these moments. And yeah. you're going to see that she's also going to mirror your reactions, right? This yeah. what I'm talking about with the modeling. It doesn't mean it's going to happen next Friday or, you know, sure. a week from today, but it's yeah. going to it's going to happen um, with time. And you're going to, when you finally see that start to happen, you're going to be like, whoa, <gasps> wow, it worked. Yeah. It worked. <laughs> and and that does also just as a final heads up, it doesn't mean that that's going to stick for the rest of her childhood, like that she's going to be this angel of a girl who never shows <laughs> any yeah, eye yeah, yeah. of descent because that's not, they're humans, right? Of course, they're right. not going to agree with everything that we do, but it's this concept of that consistency that is really I think incredible. And it's that back and forth too, that I see that you're really, you don't want to do this and I see it, but we're going to do this right now and that's it and move on and no big lengthy explanation needed unless, unless the explanation helps you in calming down, then that's fine. But otherwise we don't need to go into lengthy explanations for them. It's for you. Yeah. The why can be for you, right? Like the, the, after the, I see that you're upset, it's all for you. (laughs) It's all for you after that. And that's nothing, that's something that is actually can be powerful, but for them, it's just, they need to know that you're not going anywhere and that you are not scared of their feelings. And I know you're, I know you're doing that. So I hope, I hope, like I said at the beginning, I hope that this made you realize that you're actually not doing a lot of things wrong. Like you said, like, you're like, I don't know if we're doing it wrong. We just need to reframe how we're approaching the verbalization and maybe how we're approaching those moments when there is dissent and screaming and anger from her, you know, that is yeah. a natural reaction to not getting what they want as toddlers. But I right. hope this was helpful. This was very helpful. Lots of great tips that we'll, you know, kind of start implementing right away. Um, yeah, really appreciate it. Very, very helpful. I really love these conversations with all of you from the Pete's Doc Talk community because we can have that back and forth, take me into that moment of the situation so we can really figure out how to help. In this conversation with Amy, we talk about the concept of verbalization. And to wrap up this episode, I want to talk about three parenting principles that relate to verbalization. So verbalizing is a really important concept, like I said, because it shows your child that you are okay with their feelings, that their feelings are valid. And some of the times, like I said, we feel like we need to do this too much. We fill that space. We continue to talk and verbalize. It is really important to normalize our child's feelings. But like I said in the episode, this can be done with verbalization. It also can be done non-verbally, meaning in the body language, in the way that we are showing that we are there for our children without saying a word. Normalizing feelings help our children be seen. And by normalizing the breadth of human emotions we experience, that is when we can teach them coping skills. We can teach them all the things we want them to learn about emotional regulation. But if they don't know what emotions are, and if they feel like some of their emotions are negative or that we are going to shame them or not love them, they're not going to be likely to express them so they can learn how to process them. So yes, normalizing feelings is really important. And it is apparent principle that I think is very vital. However, how we approach that with the verbalization, like I mentioned on the episode, we talk about the things that we say, but we also have to take a step back when we feel like we're filling the space with too many words. Sometimes that means principle number two, which is pausing. Pausing means taking that 
breath. Before we start to just fill that space with verbalizing and verbalizing, we have to really look into ourselves and feel, are we getting worked up in this situation? Are we sort of getting dysregulated with our child's dysregulation? It's really hard not to get there, but it's important to be aware and take that pause. Control your emotions, get into a state of regulation yourself so that you can verbalize in a very matter of fact and calm way. I see that you're really upset versus, oh, gosh, I see that you're upset and you want to get your pajamas on. It's really important to control your tone. And that is a huge part of verbalization. Not only the words that we say, but the tone that we say them in. Number three is avoiding that big rise. And I mentioned this a lot. You know, this is actually a principle that I think is very important in so many different parenting scenarios, but it's so important in this situation as well. When we verbalize, like I mentioned, the goal of verbalization is one, wanting to make the child understand that they are seen. Number two, it can really help us calm ourselves down. The goal of verbalization should not be that at that moment they are going to listen to everything you say, that the verbalization meant that they now are going to be an obedient child. That's not the goal. The goal is for them to understand with time that, hey, I am seen by my caregiver. They are setting this very healthy boundary for me. And that is the norm in this house. And I am safe. By avoiding the big rise, we are not joining their chaos. We are being the calm leader of the house. We are saying it's okay that you're feeling this way and we're going to get through this. Avoiding the rise is one of the biggest parenting principles that really helps in so many situations, especially in moments of dysregulation. Imagine if you and your partner were arguing and that person stayed extremely calm, but was still present with your feelings. I see that you're really upset. I'm here. Let's talk about this. Rather than them also getting upset, yelling back at you, and that's just a state of dysregulation for everyone. The calmness in a situation when someone's dysregulated is extremely powerful. And that can sometimes be no words at all. I really enjoyed this conversation as I do all of my Monday mornings with Dr. Mona episodes because I get to talk to you from the Peds Doc Talk community. Remember that if you have a question for me and you want to be a guest and to have that back and forth conversation about an issue with your child, make sure you sign up for my newsletter so that you can get the information when we are opening up the form to invite guests. I love having these conversations with you. I love sharing this information with all of you, and I cannot wait to talk to another parent next time. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wannabe Clutter Free a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.